Hello listeners and welcome back to Blimey Cast. Today we are going to talk about basics, basics, basics. We are going to talk about the fundamental things, the fundamental ideas you need to understand in order to take your IELTS speaking test. I'm going to explain to you everything about the IELTS speaking test and also about the IELTS test itself. So if you don't have the foggiest idea of what the IELTS test is, you definitely need to listen to this episode. And without further ado, let's get started. You're listening to the Blimey Cast. For more information about the Speaking Master, my online training for the IELTS speaking test, visit blimeyenglish.com. Welcome back to Blimey English. Today I've got the pleasure to say that I'm recording from here, from right here, Ottawa in Canada. This is my home now, as you know, and this is the first video I'm recording from here. It's a real, real, real pleasure. It's so nice to be here. Now, last week, well, I mean, the week before the last one, was the launch of my online course, The Speaking Master. This is a training, a program in which I teach you how to achieve CLB9, the band 7 in the speaking part of the IELTS test or even higher. Now, the enrollments for it are closed now, but if you want to know when the next class will be open, I don't know yet, but you can subscribe to my list so I can tell you when it's open. Today, I'd like to talk to you about something that is, it can be considered basic, but still is fundamental for your understanding and for your results in the IELTS speaking test. We are going to talk how the IELTS speaking test works. Because of that, I've written another article. I'm going to post this article later on. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this article that I've written with you so I can explain for you in a nutshell. So to explain something in a nutshell means to explain it with easier words in an easier way so you are so it is more easy for you to understand right with just a few words not going to get into complicated details or something like that i'm going to explain to you in a nutshell how the speaking part of the IELTS test works this is quite important for you this is rather important for you because in order to achieve your goals, remarkable results, you need to understand how the test works. You need to understand it thoroughly. Thoroughly is another word that means in a complete and absolute way. So what I'm going to do with you is to talk about the IELTS speaking test and about the IELTS test as a whole in general. Let's start first talking about the IELTS test, right? I need to talk about the IELTS test first as a whole, right? In general, the test, 
the IELTS test is adopted by some countries as a requirement for people who want to immigrate or study abroad. So if you are planning to move to another country as I did, I moved from Brazil to Canada, I needed to take the IELTS test. If you're planning to do so, you're going to need to take the IELTS test. You're going to need to face this test. Or if you're just planning to study abroad, let's say you want to study here in Canada and later on you plan to immigrate, you also need to do the IELTS test. The test is designed to assess, to evaluate your four skills with the language. Do you know what the four skills are? Do you know? The fourth the four skills are listening, reading, writing, and speaking. The listening part, let's talk about the listening part first. Well, I mean, let's just explain something that is important. The, read, the listening and the reading skills are what we call the, uh, the input skills. Because you are, when you're listening and when you're reading, you are receiving information into your mind, right? It means that you are, this is a passive activity, right? You're just receiving information. Now, the writing and the speaking skills are the output skills because now you are producing information. Those are the active activities, the active skills, because you need to produce information to pass on, either by writing in your writing task or speaking during your speaking test, okay? If you want to get great results in the test, you need to work on those four abilities. There is no other option, simple as that. If you want to pass your test with remarkable results, or at least with the results you want, you need to practice those four abilities. That's no other way, okay? But in order to practice them, you need to know how they work. You need to know what is expected from you during the test. And that's what I'm going to do with you today. If you want to pass your test, you need to do what needs to be done. I say this, I say this phrase, this sentence, almost every single day here for you. You need to do what needs to be done. Have I told you the reason of this phrase? I guess I did. But let me just explain to you. A while ago, uh, when I used to live in Brazil, of course, some years ago actually, I needed to take a test, and that would be a physical test. And in order to pass that test, I needed to jump. One of the phases in the test was to jump. I needed to jump forward. And I was not preparing myself adequately. What I was doing, all I was doing, was to do some exercises at the gym. I was working out my legs, and I thought that was okay. I'm practicing, I'm training, and I'm working out my legs. But one day, I got the chance to talk with my nutritionist, and he was, uh, in the past, he was a bodybuilder, and he was telling me, he was asking me, because I was sharing with him my difficulty in developing my jumping skills. Then he asked me, how are you preparing yourself? What are you doing in order to jump? And then I said, well, I'm working out my legs at the gym. 
and he said to me, Simon, you need to do what needs to be done. If you're going to jump in a test, what you need to do is jumping. Of course, you can walk out your legs, but you need to jump because your test is jumping. So that's all you need to do. You need to do what needs to be done. If you're going to listen to something during your test, what do you do? What can you do? What should you do? Listen to things. That's the whole point of it, right? Now, the another thing I want to talk to you about is the IELTS test can be taken in two versions, the paper-based and the computer-delivered one. And yes, they vary considerably. They change considerably. Depending on your ease, on your ability to be comfortable using technology or not, it might be the case that you want to choose one over the other. And I will explain that for you. For instance, if you're good with technology and typing, the computer-delivered version might be an excellent option for you. On the other hand, if you don't have enough performance to type words quickly into the computer, you might consider the paper-based version of the test. Both versions have advantages and disadvantages according to your particular needs. So what I'm saying here is that you need to, you need to be able to realize and to notice in which version would you feel more comfortable? That's the thing. If you're comfortable with technology and typing, go to the computer-delivered base, computer-delivered version of the test. Now, if you're not good at that, at typing, and you like to, or you think you're better writing, then go with the paper-based version, okay? Let's talk about the phases. When you're talking, when you're taking the listening test, you are facing more, let, pay, just pay attention at this. When you're taking the listening test, you're facing more of an attention test than a proper listening test. I will repeat that for you. When you're taking the listening test, you're facing more of an attention test than a proper listening test. And that's because even if you can understand what they're saying, let's say 90% or even almost 100% of what they're saying, even if you can understand, if you stop for some seconds, just some seconds, to check the spelling or think twice about a word, um, is this word with a double well or just one? You probably have missed two or three more. That's the point. And believe me, that makes the difference. So, just for you to know, to achieve the CLB 9 in the listening test, you need to get 35, 35 questions right out of 40. That's a lot. That's a considerable amount. So, what I can definitely say to you is, practice not only the test itself, but also your general listening skills. So you can be used to a number, of, a number of different situations, such as listening to something while there's people around you talking out loud. 
and still be able to pay attention to what you're listening. That's the whole point of it. Of course, you need to train, you need to practice the, the test itself, right? With mock tests or simulations that you might do using the internet. But the thing is, you need to improve, to strengthen, to augment, to accentuate your general listening skills. So you'll be able and comfortable when listening to something when there's people around you talking out loud, that helps you, okay? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking about making a video on how to improve your listening skills and how that can affect you and improve your speaking skills. Yes, that's it. If you don't know, a great deal, a considerable part of speaking properly of speaking better is related to your listening skills in many ways. Just to start, if you can't understand what your interlocutor, what the, the other person is saying, you'll not be able to answer because you're simply not understanding what they're saying. And that's the reason I developed, I've developed my training, the Speaking Master in English. The Speaking Master is my online program to teach you all you need to pass the speaking part of the test. And yes, the classes have subtitles in English and in Portuguese, but the audio is only available in English because you need, you need to understand English. Otherwise, if you cannot understand what I'm saying during the course, during the classes, how could you understand your examiner doing the test? That's the whole point. You see, so you need, when you, when you enter this program, this training, this speaking master, you're not only learning, not only going to learn all the skills and techniques that you can use to achieve CLB9 and higher in the speaking test, but since the classes are spoken with the English, with English, using English, you're also improving your listening skills. Have you thought about that? Uh, as a whole, the speaking master has, uh, if my memory serves, more than eight hours of English content. And it's not just English content. It is relevant and meaningful English content because you want to know what I'm saying there. It's something that is important to you. So you would be paying attention. That's the whole point of it. Okay. Now, and here, before I continue, just allow me to stop for a moment and talk a bit more about this. Let me tell you something. Every single person in this world, if you, if you think this too difficult, if you think the listening skill too difficult, let me say to you that every single person in this world who had to learn English once has passed through this. This, this moment of adversity, of difficulty is not only happening in your life. So, if you find it difficult to understand, but do nothing about it, 
if you think it's too difficult, but if you don't do anything, if you do nothing, let me tell you again, it won't get easier. It won't get easier if you do nothing. The good thing, though, is that the human being has the ability to impose itself over the circumstances. You can change your reality, mate. You can change your reality. You can change it. You will only be the result of the circumstances if you do nothing. Have you thought, have you thought about that? So go on. Change something today in your life. Okay? All right. Back to the test. Let's talk about the reading test. The reading test is considered by many students the easiest part. But don't underrate this one. Many people fail simply because they didn't have enough time to answer all the questions. And believe me when I say that there are techniques for you to pass through this test. You will need to answer questions based on texts they provide you and the difficulty level increases as you go. So you need to pay attention to that too and it's good for you to learn one or two techniques to use during the reading test even though you might think it's the easiest one. Okay, next we've got the writing task and here the game changes. When you face the writing task, the writing test, the game changes because this is an output skill. Remember, this is the writing skill, it's an output skill. It means you need to produce content, English content to your examiner. Basically, you need to write two pieces, one letter and one essay on some topic they will give you. The point here is that as the speaking test, you need techniques to pass this one. You need to know not only what you're doing, but how to do it. That's the, the point. I've spoken to my colleague, Soraya Carino, all the times about how British English and American English can be different, especially in the writing task. And she's a specialist in the, the writing task, in the writing test. In fact, that's why I call her the writing queen. And I will leave the link for the video I've made with her somewhere here. Uh, and you can watch it on YouTube, okay? Finally, we've come to the speaking test. The speaking part of the IELTS test has a form of an interview by which your level of English would be assessed, would be evaluated by your examiner. This whole part, the, the, the speaking part, takes somewhere between 11 to 14 minutes and it's based on a one-to-one -one interview between you and your examiner. They will ask you questions that you must answer in order to make your level and your command of the language both noticeable and then evaluated. You need to be able to talk to produce English English content because this is also an output skills an, an output skill right you need to be able to produce content for your examiner to evaluate your level before the test starts the, the speaking test 
your examiner will require you to produce your identification. To produce your identification is simply to hand him, to give him your ID. And they will check it, asking you, how would you like to be called? This is the pre-test conversation. After this, they will start marking the time and the test is running. Some candidates have the wrong impression that the examiner is always in a bad mood and wants to give you lower marks. They, they think they're always in a bad mood because they don't smile. But this is not true. Of course, we are all human beings and we can have a bad day. Of course. But they're not there to to be mad or to be wrong or to be bad or severe at you they're there to help you as they can okay try to think about this there's no reason for you to assume they're not going to help you they will be as friendly as possible during the whole test your level of english will be evaluated as a group that hinges in four categories, fluency and coherence, grammatical range and accuracy, lexical resource and pronunciation. I repeat that for you, materials that your examiner is assessing during your test. Fluency and coherence, grammatical range and accuracy, lexical resource and pronunciation. Each one of those makes, each one of them makes 25% of the test. And that's why you shouldn't be stressed thinking about how broken or how bad your grammar is because, or, or how faltering your fluency is. As bad as it might be, it will not be assessed over 25%. That's the whole point. Speaking about the categories, we've got fluency and coherence. Fluency is the ability of expressing yourself easily, conveying information, transmitting information, passing information on with smoothness and without unnecessary gaps. Fluency doesn't mean to speak fast. Fluency doesn't mean to speak fast, let alone to give standard, mechanical and pre-established answers. If you do that, you're going to get marked down. So don't simply try to talk too fast because you think this might be good for you. No. Fluency doesn't mean to talk fast. Fluency doesn't mean to give standard, mechanical and pre-established answers as well. So don't try to memorize because if you do that and if your examiner notices that, you get marked down. Think about fluency as the natural rhythm of your speech. If you are a person who talks fast, you're going to talk fast. If you are a person who talks slower, you will talk slower. It's your natural rhythm, okay? Let's talk about grammatical range and accuracy. This one is important to maintain your speech correct and in order. It's good to use advanced language structures, but be careful to not make an excessive use of them because that would make you sound unnatural. Focus 
on the correct usage of the language. Focus on the correct usage of the language. If you've seen my video talking about the metaphor, the road metaphor, the, the one who analyzes your test as a road, if you've seen that video, you know what I'm talking about. Focus on the road. Focus on the correct usage of the language first. Then, if you're able to do so and comfortable to do so, then you can start exploring higher levels of language. Okay? Let's talk about pronunciation. Pronunciation is the way a word or letter is said. There's no need to be worried about accents. I will repeat that for you. There's no need to be worried about accents. Don't worry about my accent. If you're taking my course, the, the speaking master, don't worry about my accent. Don't worry about your accent. All you need to worry about is convey information to your examiner in an effective way. That's all you need to worry about. You need to be able to talk and pass information on with effectiveness. Candidates will not be marked on their accent, but they must pronounce the words properly. To pronounce a word or letter wrongly can affect your examiner's understanding of what you're saying. Intonation, for example, is a relevant tool here because it adds personality to your speech, make it sound more natural. If you've seen uh, the video I made on pronunciation, I will leave the, the link for you here so you can watch it too, okay? Now let's talk about lexical resource. Lexical resource is basically your vocabulary, right? Your examiner will be looking at the range and depth of it, at how far you can go with synonyms and related words to the same thought. Let's say you're thinking about saying something. Your examiner wants to know if you're able to say that in different ways. That's why it looks like if you've taken the test before, that's why it look that's why it looks like they're asking you the same questions repeatedly. In fact, they are, but with other words, because they want to see if you're able to talk about the same thought, the same subject in other ways, right? Vocabulary also includes expressions as idioms and slang. Slang would be informal, colloquial expressions. Okay, let's say a bit more about the speaking test now. The speaking part of the IELTS is split in three. Did you know that? That the speaking part, the speaking test is divided, it splits in three? Let's have a closer look at that. In part one, your examiner is going to ask you simple questions. Sometimes there can be five, sometimes there can be a bit more of them. In the initial part of it, your examiner will ask you about things you like or dislike, maybe about your work or your study. Although the questions are already part of the test, they are asked to get you in the mood and relaxed to start the other ones. Then, they can go asking you about other questions, but always about yourself. In part one, 
usually the questions will require you to talk about things in the present. Part one is the introductory part of the test. Now, now in part two, also called the long turn, you will be given a task card or a cue card. It's also called like that. A task card or a cue card is a piece of paper with one question and some topics for you to talk about, sometimes three, sometimes four topics, for you to talk about for up to two minutes. As part one is called the introductory part of the test, I call the second part as the length part of the test, because now you need to talk a bit longer, right? First, you have in this part, you, you have one minute to take notes on a piece of paper that they will give you, and then your examiner will require you to stop taking a note and start talking for up to two minutes. Sometimes, sometimes, not always, sometimes that can be what is called a follow-up question. A follow-up question in part two will allow your examiner to ask you about, uh, about a detail or what you've said during those two minutes, but this is just to wrap up the conversation. Okay, just to finish this part. The questions in part two oftentimes require you to talk about things that happened in the past. So be prepared to explore the past tenses, like the past simple, past continuous, past perfect, and past perfect continuous, and be able to use them. Learn how to describe things and actions in those tenses so you don't get stressed when you realize you need to explain something that happened in the past, be ready. Finally, in part three, your examiner will ask you more complex and abstract questions. Just to review, part one would be the introductory part of the test, part two would be the length part of the test, and part three now is the depth part of the test, because now you need to go deeper into the question's understanding, because you need to show up, to demonstrate, to accentuate and enhance your knowledge and abilities to explore it. There's no specific amount of time for the questions of this part, of this session of the test. There might be sometimes three, sometimes four or five questions here, okay? The questions in part three oftentimes require you to talk about things in the future, explaining ideas, prospects about what can happen or not. They will require you to present arguments. They will require you to present reasons, justifications, okay? Those would be the, the basic notions you need to have before going to take the test. Once you have this, you start noticing that you need to know what to do during the test. You start noticing that just talking, talking, talking and talking is not going to help you. That's why the Speaking Master, my program, that, that's what it does for you. It teaches you not only what you need to say, but how to say that during the test. Because one thing is certain, your examiner is waiting for you to demonstrate your skills so they can know which score to give you. 
for example, what happens is, let's say you are in part two, okay? And your examiner thinks, mm, I think he's a band six. Let's go to part three and see if I can find some band seven or band eight vocabulary. That's what happens. I will give you here three examples of questions during the speaking test, okay? The first question I'm giving you here is a question from part one. That would be, when was the last time you were alone? When you look at this question, when you look at it, you might think it's easy. When was the last time I was alone? But just stop for a moment and think about these three questions. How much should you say? Could you say anything here? And is there a way to answer any type of question, no matter what kind of question they are? See, now it doesn't look so easy, does it? Well, those questions, those three questions, I answer completely in the Speaking Master. But I will tell you this. You should say enough things, enough words to deliver the information, but not be prolix, right? If you cannot say whatever you want. You cannot say whatever you want if you want to get higher marks. And yes, there is a way to answer any type of questions in this part of the test. There are some techniques to do it. In this case, in this part of the test, part one, there are two techniques that I developed, the focus detail technique and the personal view techniques. My students taking the course already know this, these techniques, but they are, and I, I wouldn't be able to talk here with you because of the time we've got and because that is something that I teach there in my training. But the thing is, there is a right way to do it. The next question I'm going to give you is a question from part two of the test. Remember, they are going to give you a task card or a cue card with one question and some topics. Then you have one minute to prepare and then you need to talk about that for up to two minutes. The question, an example of question would be, describe someone you've never met but would like to. You should say who this person is, how did you know about this person? What would you like to ask this person? See? You know that you have one minute to prepare for this, right? And then your examiner would ask you to start talking for up to two minutes. Once again, there are techniques to help you go through this part of the test without problems. In this case here, there are two techniques, the bullet point technique and the context technique. They are able to, they're able to, especially the second one, they are able to make your examiner notice your level of English even before starting answering. Finally, I will tell you one question from, from part three. That question would be, what are the advantages and disadvantages of living by yourself? See, the question now requires you to present reasons and arguments. And also there are techniques for you to apply here. In this case, there are three techniques to apply in part three. There would be the answer reasons technique, the comparison relation technique, 
and the example quote technique. In the Speaking Master program, you will learn how they work and how to use them to combine them, combine these techniques in the same answer to leverage your score and get it to another level. One good thing for you to do is to practice your knowledge and techniques with the videos I post called Speaking Practice. Have you noticed that? I've posted many of them and I'm going to post many, many more. The speaking practice videos are amazing for you to do that because in those classes, I give you first advanced vocabulary to feed you with vocabulary and then I will ask you questions as if I were your examiner during the test and I give you time to answer. So that is an outstanding opportunity for you to practice your abilities as much as you can. Because, of course, you can go back and try again, go back and try again with other answers. Okay? Well, I hope this class, this article that I've written has helped you to understand how the speaking part of the test works and how you can succeed in it. If you liked this content, if you liked this class, please then consider subscribing to my YouTube channel or following me, Blimey English, on Facebook and Instagram. But if listening is your cup of tea, you can listen to the Blimey cast, which is a podcast I made for those who cannot watch the entire videos. This is time for me to go now, and I see you in the next videos. Cheers! You've listened to the Blimey cast. For more information, visit blimeyenglish.com.